Well, are we gonna are we gonna get summer here or what? Anyways, we're glad that you're here. And as been said, we've got a couple of our team back with us that have been ill. We're so thankful for that. And uh, boy, what a what a great <clears throat> Sunday with Easter that we had. Uh, someone asked someone asked me. We don't you know really do numbers here, but I'll share with you from time to time. You know, we had every chair out. <laughs> that was available, and I think the seat's about 750, so we had like 700 people here last week, so really, truly amazing thing that five years ago was, you know, really nothing, and what you guys have done, what the Lord's done, and uh, we're just so thankful for just what the Lord's doing through City Church, you know, continue to pray what... uh, Again, what I talked about a few weeks ago, what the next step the Lord would have, Stu, and I know that he'll do it. Uh, he birthed City Church, and and he's working through all of us, and I'm just so thankful for um, all of you and what the Lord is doing. So let's pray. Father, we're just so thankful we've been able to worship you. Lord, we sing to you whether something is going wonderful or whether something isn't. Uh, we still know that you're in control and we have come to this place to praise you, to worship you in song from our heart and Lord, from the time that we hear your word, Lord, we say each and every week, you've brought all of us here for just this Sunday. It's unique. There'll never be another Sunday like it, even the same crowd. And so I pray that you will just speak to all of us Lord, help us to have open hearts today, and Lord, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you a question. Well, we can turn to Proverbs chapter 13. Uh, You can turn in, and I have a question to ask you. Proverbs chapter 13. On a scale of 1 to 10, how proud do you think that you are? Let me ask it a different way. On a scale of one to 10, how stubborn do you think that you are? (laughs) See, you're much more willing. You don't like that word. We don't like that word proud, do we? But, you know, that's just me. I'm just stubborn, you know. No, it's pride. Now, how do we get a real answer from that? Well, if you're married, you get it from your spouse. Uh, If you're not married, you can get it from your kids. Uh, And in many ways... Most importantly, in our quiet time, we really find out through the Lord, and this is the real question, am I right or am I wrong? That's what pride does. Pride says, more than stubbornness, pride says, I'm always right. I know I'm right. And some of you are saying, I think I'm going to walk out today right now. I don't want to be here for this message. But we're going to look at a person today who went from, from being very prideful to being humbled to being used in a great way. And we're seeing what Jesus can do with humility. You know, Jesus can't do anything with pride. <clears throat> he can't bless it. All he can do is pull it out of our life if we're willing. He can't bless it in any way. And all of us at one time or another, we have that 
something, whatever it is, you can use the word stubborn, but it's pride, that we hold on to, that we know without a doubt that we're right. What does it do when we say that we're always right? You know, it's great, the Lord. There's not one thing. It's so amazing that the Lord created us and that he saved us, that there's not one thing that you either are or your makeup or what you go through or what's going to happen to you. There's not one thing that surprises the Lord that he can't take his word and we can apply it and we can learn. And we can learn in such a way that we become greater people for the cause of Christ. Greater at work, greater in our relationships, more to be blessed because we're willing to be humbled and and have relationships in marriage with our kids, whatever it might be. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 10. By pride comes nothing but strife. But with the well-advised wisdom. Let me read it again. By pride comes nothing but strife. It's interesting. But with the well-advised is wisdom. You know, if you're willing, if you and I are so willing to look, and I want you to, to really look in your life right now, that's something that you hold on to. That, that you know that you're right. You know what's amazing, especially if you're a parent and your kids are younger? You always, always think you're right. And you know, they can be even, you know, eight years old, 10 years old. And there's, mom, dad, I want you to know sometimes you're, you're you know, your, your kids watch everything that you do and uh, they might be able to tell you, you might be able to learn some things from your kids. But anyways, that knowing that, that that's strife. Now, think about our society today. What's going on in our society today? You know, I mentioned last week about, you know, we get so tired. You know, I, I, the news, because you don't know, especially if you're driving in their car or you're watching on, on TV at night and the news comes on, and when they have the, the talking heads and they start arguing with each other, I'm right. No, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I, it just, that it, it's become our place in society that no one is willing to look at their side or themselves. God gives us so much truth there. We know this. That's why I didn't use this scripture today. First of all, to point to everybody, even non-believers know this scripture, right? Pride comes before the fall. It's, everybody knows that. But if we're willing to look at, know that pride, know that when we're, we always say that we're right, there's always strife. There's always an argument that never gets solved because we believe that we're right. The Lord wants to, to show us today about an individual who learned a great lesson. He had great pride. He was even told about it beforehand but didn't believe it. And I didn't prepare this for my message. It's amazing how the Lord, you know, does things when you're, when you're preparing for a message. But... I had a conversation uh, with, a, with a good, uh, I want to be careful with this, with a good uh, friend of mine, and uh, there's many times that I'm wrong. Uh, just ask all of my kids. They'll tell you everything that's wrong with dad, and it's a lot more than what I thought, but anyways, <laughs> so I was, I was having this conversation uh, with this good friend of mine. 
and I felt that I owed it to that person to share with them that, and again, I'm not always right. And, I, and it's even out of character for me to do this. But I, I got, I, I kind of got down on them. I said, wait a minute. I said, God, God doesn't say that that way. God, and, 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 and I love this person and, and very gifted. And I said, I want to be so careful. I said, you know, by what you said, you confused a lot of people. And the person said back to me, I didn't confuse anybody. And I was so disheartened. Because first of all, it's very hard for me. Many of you know me, I'm kind of backwards and, and the whole thing to confront anyone. But I wanted to do this because I wanted this person to be successful. That's what the Lord does in our life. And that's why I want you to be willing with your mate, with your kids, with someone that you love. There, there's, no, uh, there's nothing you want to gain out of it. I want you to know when someone does that and confronts us, they, they want us, they want you, they want me to be a better person. Now, here's, here's the catch. You know if they're just doing it to do it or if they're doing it because they love you. There's a difference there. Jesus was talking to this individual in the Bible because he loved him greatly. It's the apostle that we all know his name was Peter. And Peter was talking to the Lord. It was actually a night that we celebrated communion. And, uh, and the Lord says, you know, all of you are going to run from me when it's my time to die on the cross. And when the whole world turns against me, you will too. And Peter says, you know what, Lord? If anybody else does, I'll be with you. And everybody can turn, but I won't. What happened? Well, we know what happened. What happened was Peter, then he even is stronger in what he believes because Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane that, that we know where Judas plants a, a kiss on his cheek, all the guards end because it's darker and everything. The guards knew who he was. And so they go to arrest him because Jesus, it's, it's time. Know, know this. And the Lord tells us that no one could have done anything that the Lord didn't want them to do. He died purposely for us. So they go to arrest him, and if you know the story, we know what Peter does. He, he pulls his sword out, and he, and he whacks the guard's ear off. Now, what always gets me about that, that there's not, I would love to see more said about that in the Bible. Just like, well, the Lord just picks his ear up and puts it back on. You know, it's like, okay, you know. Nobody else there saying anything about it, and there's nothing else said about it, and they're not like, hey, we better get out of here. We just saw this unbelievable miracle and all the guards. Hey, it's amazing to me. I, 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 it's unbelievable. Now, what did that do to Peter? 
You know what it did? It just empowered him more. It empowered him more that he knew that he was never going to leave Jesus. And you know, in just a few minutes, when they finally did arrest him, Peter and everybody else scattered. What does that say? Sometimes that we can empower ourselves that we're right, and then we go to another level because we feel that we're still right. Be open today. Be willing. We don't want to end up like Peter. Because Jesus says to Peter, when they're having the new covenant supper that night, he says, you know, Peter, before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. Peter says, I never will. They scatter. Jesus is arrested. And uh, a servant girl sees Peter in the night. Everyone knows in Jerusalem that Jesus has been arrested now. Great teacher, prophet, speaker, man who performed miracles. He's arrested. What's going on? Servant girl sees Peter and she says, hey, I know who you are. You're with Jesus. He says, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And he takes off. He goes because it's cold at night. He goes and he warms himself by there's many, many fires all over Jerusalem where people would warm themselves at night. And, uh, and of course, you can see people's faces from the glow of the fire. Someone else says, he's standing there warming himself. says, hey, hey, I know who you are. You're with the one who was just arrested. You're, you're, you're a follower of Jesus. No, I'm not. And he takes off again. Now it's early in the morning. He's been up all night. Of course he can't sleep. And he does it again. And the third time that he denies Christ, the, immediately the rooster crows. The Bible says he wept bitterly. What can rectify in your life and in my life to where we have greater relationships, greater marriage, uh, more purposeful with our kids, be open to other things, I have to grow as a believer. Well, we find it in the book of Second Chronicles. Actually, Solomon is dedicating the temple. And as he dedicates the temple, which David, his father, so much wanted to build, but God said, David, because you're a man of war, your son will build the temple for me, and in that temple I will dwell. Solomon prays a dedication prayer, and God appears to Solomon. And for all of us today, for a humble aspect in our life, what does he say? Second Chronicles, I want you to look at chapter 7 and verse 14. Here's what solves most of your problem and my problem. Now, I'm not here to get down on you today. I'm here to ask you a question. Another question. When was the last time that you asked the Lord that you've messed up and you said, Lord, forgive me. Oh, Lord, I, I should have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, 
in relationships, at work with people, whatever it might be, and, and you said something and you know you shouldn't have and you did something. We don't do it enough. We don't ask the Lord enough. I honestly believe that, including myself. We don't ask the Lord enough. Forgive me. What happens, what happens when we are willing to take the pride out of our life that we're right and say, you know what? I could be wrong here. The first thing that we do, now I want you to get this. It's no one that you go to. The first thing that we should do is we go to the Lord. Let me read 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. When God appears to Solomon, the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. Listen in verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now, if you've ever been at any any big Christian rallies or anything that has to do with the United States or America, this verse is always quoted. And so to you and I, it's kind of out there. It's kind of generic. It's like we as everybody need to ask, you know, to forgiveness. And I, I want you to take it personally. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. That's what First John tells us. So what God is telling you and I here, if, if you want to be successful, if, if you want things to be right in your relationships, you and I have to be willing and open in that pride factor in our life where we're willing to let the Lord humble us. If we're willing to do that, God gives us a promise there. If you're willing to go before me and says, Lord, I, 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 I'm going to be willing and open. If there's something in this that, I, that I'm wrong, show me saying that in a humble way to God. When you pray to Jesus, say, Lord, I, I, maybe I am wrong. Maybe I am wrong in this conversation or this argument or, or you fill in the blank, whatever it is in relationships. Maybe, maybe my child is, is, is right in what they're trying to talk to me about a situation in junior high or high school or whatever it might be. Or I, I don't know what it might be. Be open. Because the Lord says when you and I get this, when you and I are open to saying, Lord, am I being stubborn and prideful here? And you look to lower that, he's going he's gonna to answer you. He's going to tell you. And if we're willing to do that, and knowing in our heart and through our spirit, and he says, yes, well, Lord, forgive me. And then you go to, to whoever it might be. Say, you know, I talked to the Lord about this, and I, I, I just got to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I was wrong. Man, that's hard to do, isn't it? It is hard to do to tell somebody that you were wrong. That's so hard to do. Why? Because it's, it's pride. You know, for little on up, we're taught to do things. Walk. We're taught to crawl. We're taught to walk on it. We're taught to get good grades on it. We're taught to do all these things, sports, everything, on your own. On your own, on your own. So we, we get this built in our life that when we get to a certain place, this is me. I want you to realize when you do that, something happens. There is a healing that starts to take place in your life. There's a healing that starts to take place in your relationships. When you are willing, first, that's how it happens. Because in that argument, you can't see it. But if someone is willing to point out to you, you've got to get along. I've got to get along with the Lord. 
I said, Lord, am I, is that, is that, could that be me? Is that me? The Lord says, if we're willing to do that and he forgives us, you know what happens? Two things. A healing takes place. A healing takes place within yourself. You're open in that relationship. Your relationship gets stronger because of humility. Because the opposite of that, nothing happens but strife. We read it to begin with today. But if you're willing to look at yourself, go before the Lord, 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 I'm sorry, forgive me. And you go to that person or whatever it might be. The Lord not only heals you, he says he's going to make you successful. Pride comes before the fall. We fall, we can't be successful. So, what happened to Peter? Last week we talked about Easter. The resurrection takes place. There's all kinds of thoughts going through the disciples and they decided to go back to what they used to do. I guess we'll just go back to be fishermen. And then they heard something and they heard it again and they heard it again. And then Jesus began to appear to them in different places and they began to have hope. Now, can you imagine the apprehension that, that Peter had? Probably a little standoffish and, and didn't know what to do, what to say, because he knew that he had denied Christ three times. You know, I'm willing to say the Lord is going to use you in a great way. He's got great success for your life. And, and, and most of you and I have probably never been to a place to where even where Peter is, where he has denied Christ. What I'm trying to get you to say or look at your life is the Lord wants to use you in a great way. He has success for you, but the devil beats you down. Or the pride factor keeps you in a place of strife to where he can't use you. He can't. The Lord cannot use and bless a prideful person. He can't do it. I want this person that I talked about at the beginning of my message, I so want them to be successful that I got enough strength up to talk to them and said, basically, you're going to blow it if you do this. And I was disheartened because they couldn't see it. I did all that I could do. But in your situation, in my situation, and if you're willing today, tonight, tomorrow, Lord, if there's some, Lord, is there something here that, that I'm not saying? Will you show me? Am I being prideful? So Jesus sees the disciples out in the boat. They're on the sea fishing again. It's all over, man. They're like, man, the last three and a half years were, was it unbelievable? Thousands of people we saw, lives changed when Jesus would teach. The feeding of the thousands with, with two fish and all the loaves of bread. And, and, and man, what's in all the people that were blind and the, Jesus we saw heal. And, and the unbelievable way that he was able to just teach. It was just, there was a spirit there that we just, and they must have been having all these conversations. And they're out in the boat, and, and, and 
all of a sudden they, they start to fish and Jesus is on the shore. He says, hey, why don't you try the other side? And they, they all of a sudden they, they do it and all of a sudden all these fish are in the net and they realize who that person on the beach is. It's Jesus. What does Peter do? Peter doesn't wait for the boat to go in. That's what I love about Peter. He's kind of spontaneous. He just dives off the boat. He doesn't wait. Hey, we're, are they, everybody else just rode in. He just dove off the boat and went in to see Jesus. So they have this conversation. And Jesus says to Peter, Jesus says, it's so, it's just one-on-one, Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, Lord you, you know I love you. He says, well, then feed my sheep. And people say, well, Jesus asked him three times because he uh, denied Christ three times that, that he kept asking that, do you love me? And he asked him three times, yes, Lord, yeah, you know all things. You know that I do. I know that you're here today because you love Jesus. And I know that you're here today just like me, that we're frail, we get knocked down, and we're not perfect. But I want you to know Jesus has an incredible plan for your life. You might be broken. Things might have happened in your life. I don't know your background, but I know probably none of you that did what Peter did. But Jesus was willing to restore him. Why? Because he was humbled. He was willing to go before the Lord, and he was humbled. Turn to this last verse and we'll close. Acts chapter 2 and verse 14. We're not going to turn to this, but let me, read, let me read to you another verse before we close. We're going to look at Acts 2.14 in just a minute. But Peter tells, it's interesting, is it the same guy who denied Christ wrote some of the epistles in the, in the New Testament? This is what he tells us in 1 Peter Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. We want it right now. We want the relationship fixed right now. We want everybody to know that I'm right right now. We want it fixed over and done. And the Lord's saying, no, that's not how it works. I want you to be open in those relationships to where, Lord, is there something I need to look at in my life? There's a process that goes on there. In that process, in due time, you were willing to let the Lord look at you, work on you, and now that he does, there's a tenderness that's in your life that you can have those relationships in a better way because you're willing to be open. You know what? That takes time. And you know what the Lord says? In due time. I can't figure it out. I don't know when it's going to be, but it'll change. You'll see those relationships change because you're willing to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, he's going to bring you to the place of success. We close with a great example of Peter. Remember what Jesus said? He says, Peter, he says, I, I know you've messed up. 
but I'm going to use you in a great way. Me, Lord? Lord, you know, all these, in front of all these people, I denied you. And you still want to use me. I've messed up. That's God's grace. That's why Jesus died on the cross. By grace, we are saved. And through his grace, we have forgiveness. And because of his grace, we have his favor. And his favor is willing to be on your life today if you're willing to be humbled. Say, Lord, forgive me, even as a believer where I've messed up. Acts 2.14, and we close with this. I'll give you the background after I read the verse. Peter's going to preach a sermon, the first sermon that's ever preached after the resurrection from someone else other than Jesus. But Peter's standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. And he went on and the church was birthed that day. That's why we have what we have today. The local church. Jesus used Peter to birth the church. It says after he preached that great sermon that day on who Jesus was and is, and he died on a cross, he was crucified for us, our sins. His perfect blood was shed for us. He, he rose from the grave, and he went all through the prophets and what Jesus did, why they just remembered just not too long ago. And he gave what we know is an opportunity, an invitation for them. As they said, what must we do? We've been hit in our hearts. Something is different. They said, and he said, accept Jesus, believe in your heart and Jesus and pray and ask Jesus to come in to forgive you for all your sins. The Bible says 3,000 people were saved that day and the church started. Would we believe that? that Jesus would have used Peter that night as Christ was on the way to the cross, that he denied him three times, not just once, but three times, even cursing all the way along. What I'm trying to get to you today is I don't care what Satan tries to throw at you. I don't care where you're at in your life. I don't care what you've been beaten down and how far what's happened, this, that, whatever. If you're willing to be humble and say, Lord, forgive me, help me go further, do whatever it needs to take to fix this and whatever I need to do. If we're willing, the Lord will bless you. He's going to bring you to the place of honor He's going to heal relationships in your life if we're willing to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And then Jesus will lift us up. And you'll be willing to live in this life in such an incredible way because you were willing to say, Lord, you know what? I was wrong there. Show me how to fix this. Do it better. The Lord says he will heal relationships, he will heal the land, and he will bless you as a believer.
Look what he did with Peter. Look what he did. And we're just the same. Peter's just like you and me. He loves Jesus, but he's a human being. But the Lord was willing to use him for one reason. He was willing to be humbled. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so thankful for what you did for us that we can always go to you. Lord, I've messed up here. I've done this. And Lord, I said this to somebody or I, Lord, whatever it might be, whatever you've been speaking to the hearts of people today, Lord, let them see that how empowered and how effective their lives, our lives can be if we push that pride and stubbornness out of the way and just say, Lord, will you show me where I need to be forgiving, where I need to be tender. And Lord, you give us a promise that you in due time, you will bless us. I know, Lord, what that is in many ways. It's, it's just joy and peace. It's harmony and relationships. Lord, we praise you today. That, Father, that if we're willing to just be humbled, as hard as it is, say, Lord, I, I messed up here. Go to that person. Go to someone that we love. Let us watch and see how you bless how you honor your name, all because you forgave us once and for all on the cross of Calvary. And so, Lord, as we close this service today, if there's someone here who doesn't know you as their Savior, we ask that they would come forward as Ben leads us in an invitation song. I've heard the message of forgiveness, of humility, and Lord, we first must admit that we're a sinner. And only can we find heaven as our home through salvation in you. In your name, Jesus, above all names. Father, if there's someone here today that's never accepted you as their Savior, and they want to pray that prayer, Jesus, forgive me. I ask you into my heart, forgive me for all my sins. Lord, if there's someone here, as we stand and sing, may they just walk forward and I'll pray with them, and they can find heaven as their home through you. In Jesus' name, amen.